Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the adventure. This is the Christ and Culture with Steve and Clint. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in again. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to my friends Catherine and Tanner Hicks. They just got married last weekend. Hey, congratulations, um, guys. Which is awesome. So guys, please pray for them as they move forward in this beautiful adventure of the sacrament and living out their vocations. And speaking of vocations and doing what we ought to do, please tell us what you're listening to, what you're watching, <laughs> it's a bit of a what you're reading. Yeah, but you know, we, we like to pretend that we like to think we're doing God's will and it's a, it's a leap, but it's... We're, we're trying. Yeah, it's there, we're kind trying. of, right? <laughs> I'll go to confession. If sure. That's heresy. Okay. Um, but <laughs> we want to thank you guys. So if there is anything you guys are watching, listening to, uh, please send us an email, hit us up on Facebook, um, let us know. Let us know if there's anything that you're like, hey, I've been reading this and I think it's really cool. Check it out. And we might do a podcast on it at some point. Clint, is there anything you've been checking out this past week? Yeah. So like I said, last week, I've been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis. I've been kind of a slow reader lately, so I'm still reading a bunch of that. Like I said, the Narnia series and then the Screwtape Letters, stuff like that. And then I've been watching the show The Office because I heard that they're going to be having a new season coming out. So I wanted to make sure I watched all the way through. Another season without Michael, though. Uh, yeah, that's... Is it really The Office? We're not going to go there. Okay. Uh, so I, it's I, fine. I, I I, I'm opinionated. I hadn't seen all of the episodes all the way through, so I'm trying to watch it from beginning to end. So I'm following the storyline before right. that comes out. And then I also went to the movie theaters and saw this movie which we are going to be talking about later but i'll save that after until after you've shared yours yeah so for me i'm very much the same you know i've sort of been watching a lot of my sort of geeky television shows i have you know been watching ironically you know like i i have been watching a lot of soccer recently or football you know more more british stuff i'm Man United fan specifically because he told me to. It's the only British soccer team I've watched, but I guess I'll go with them because they tend to win unless it's this year and Stop. Man City, but uh. <laughs> whatever. It, it is good, but I've just been checking out a lot of that. A little bit bitter that the, this is old news, but still, still bitter that United States men's team didn't make the World Cup, which is still heartbreaking, but I digress. Did you hear? They actually just declared the... The roster for this um, January international window. Really? And they got a bunch of guys who had never played in the uh, men's national team before, like 19 guys or something like that. Well, first time. so a uh, bunch hope, of young guys. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, like, I think it'll be good. I mean, our, what, our U20 squad's pretty good, right? They made, like, the quarterfinals or something. Yeah, they? something like that. I think it was in India this year or something. Yeah, which is, like, I mean, 
obviously that's not against the best people in the world, but it's against some of the best young players. Yeah. So if they keep it up, they could develop to be pretty good. But anyway, I, I digress from all of that. As for as for like music, you know, I've just sort of been listening to the same sort of thing. I'm a big Matt Marr fan. So listening, but like listening to actual like uh, Christian music's not really like finding. I mean, it's really easy to find Christian themes when he's singing about Christ. Right. Um, as for books, I actually haven't read in a little bit, but I I really uh, am am trying to get starting back up in that. I've borrowed a lot of books off a lot of people. And speaking of C.S. Lewis, he had some sort of space trilogy. Yeah. Right? And so I have those that I'm going to start yeah, reading. That's on my to-read list. So. Yeah. So it's on my to-read list, too. They sit right there next to my head when I go to bed. Unfortunately, usually when I'm in a room, I'm going to bed and not reading. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe that's something I can work on. That could be the new new year, new me, right? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so this week we're going to be talking about a movie that I have yet to see, even though I am a big musical fan and a even bigger Hugh Jackman fan. Yeah. So it, it pains me that I have yet to see this, but we're going to be talking about The Greatest Showman, and I'm going to turn it over to Clint because I don't know anything about this movie. I just know things about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So hopefully you guys have seen it by this point. As you know, we tend to do a lot of spoilers when we talk about shows, especially new shows. So if you haven't seen it yet, please, please, please go go watch it. This is definitely a must-see. So my first thoughts about it, though, were this is just an absolutely beautiful movie from beginning to end. Probably one of the greatest shows I've seen in a while, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not a pun, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was it was kind of punny. Sure, there you go. Yeah, but the music was great. The choreography was really entertaining, and the movie in general was just really beautiful cinematically. Honestly, I was worried going into it. I had seen kind of some previews of it, and I'm like, "There's no way they can pull this off without a lot of CGI." And I was afraid it was going to be really, really poorly done. But it actually turned out really, really good. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people get in trouble with. Too much CGI. Yeah. I mean, I know that, like, uh, Jurassic World, when that came out, they, like, went back to a lot of the animatronics because they were trying to, you know, get rid of some of the weirdness that CGI Mm -hmm. sometimes brings films. But, I mean, honestly, CGI is getting to a point now where they can do some pretty amazing things with it. Yeah, it's getting pretty good. I mean, like, all the Marvel movies use a ton of CGI, and they've somehow managed to not be campy. Right. (laughs) You know, so... So, I mean, at this point, like, CGI has made a long way. I mean, it's it's still nice to see some real things done, but I don't, I haven't seen this movie. I know a little bit about it, mostly because we ran over this podcast before we recorded it. Yeah, I told Steve a little bit about the story, but, so it wouldn't surprise him. But like, I could I could see why CGI would, would maybe be a necessity. Yeah, but like I said, it turned out being really, really good. CGI wasn't a worry at all. And honestly, I would say, like I said, it's a must-see, but it's also really family friendly too so this is something you can like feel comfortable taking your kids to this and not be worried about it so unlike last week's unlike last week's yes so just a little bit of a summary i'm assuming you guys have seen it if you are listening to this so (laughs) if not stop it go watch it because the summary is not going to give you enough but so basically the movie is a story based off of the life of pt barnum who was an entertainer who lived in the 1800s Barnum was played by Hugh Jackman, so you know right off the bat, like Steve said, it's going to be good. But it tells of Barnum's desire to entertain the world and bring joy to everyone. And the way that he kind of does that is he 
takes people who are commonly overlooked by society and put them in a place where they are kind of center stage, making them the, the focal point, not because they're they are weird or kind of looking down on them, but actually bringing them and showing their strengths and their, their beauty of their humanity instead, which is something that's really, really cool. It's funny when you when you say that kind of just in my mind, it, it brought me to this quote by St. Mother Teresa that I think is my tagline on Twitter and probably still on Instagram because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't change things. I'm pretty sure that my like my Twitter photo, like my profile pictures six, seven years ago. But anyway, nice. She has this quote where she said, let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier, happier be the living expression of God's kindness. I'm um, just like that ability to sort of like lift people up, bring joy to them. I think that it's a very Christian attitude to have, right? To, you know, one thing that, as you guys probably know at this point, I love St. Teresa, but, you know, one of the things that she used to do is she would treat everyone that she met as if it was Christ, you know, and I think that there's something beautiful to that and i think that we're attracted to people like that because like they make us feel like we matter because they mm-hmm. truly believe that we do yeah jp2 was really good at that too he would like remember people like craziest things yeah, like they- I, I remember like one story of this priest who was talking about like how he met jp2 and he like bumped into him and he was like talking to him he's like and jp2 is like this is not the first time we've met He's like, I think I remember meeting St. John Paul II, you know? And so he's like rattling his brain. And then eventually he realized he had met him before. And it was like, as he was like coming out of like some building, JP2 was like walking up the steps as he was walking down and like briefly met him. And he was like, hello. And, and it was before he was a pope. It was before he was, he was a pope. A he was still, yeah, he was still a priest. And he just like randomly bumped him. And it was like years and years later as he's the pope, he like remembered this guy that he offhandedly met on the steps. And yeah. that's just... But I mean, JP2 is brilliant. Like he used to read a book in one language and then have someone else read him a book in another language and he would have 100% recollection both. of both books. So dude is just like it's beyond the rest of us. So basically Hugh Jackman's <laughs> personality is a combination of Mother Teresa and JP2. Is... Right, and he's a great man. Yeah, there you go. So he that... can deadlift a lot, so. <laughs> Fun fact, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, so this movie is kind of a portrayal of the legacy created by P.T. Barnum and He is, of course, the greatest showman. But kind of getting started here, as the movie begins, the first thing that I kind of noticed was that the world around the characters was extremely dull and colorless. It was like black and white and gray mostly. But the show, P.T. Barnum's show, and everything connected to it, kind of what I like to call Barnum's world, was gorgeous. It was colorful. It was bright. It was these brilliant colors that stood out. And I think they did that for a reason. But my first thought was of God right away. So God is this this fullness of what is good and true and beautiful. So his desire to bring that color and that beauty to all the people that he was putting the show on for, I think was very much a desire to bring God to the world. And that is emphasized by his desire to bring joy to them too. So throughout the movie, his greatest treasure and his accomplishments are bringing smiles and joy to people. And there's one part in the movie where right after one of his shows, he's kind of standing outside with this critic. And this critic, we see him throughout the movie, and he's kind of a a jerk to P.T. Barnum. And he says, does it bother you that everything you are selling is fake? And Barnum replies, do these smiles seem fake? And he kind of 
points over to a crowd and you see all these people coming out and they're just filled with joy. And so we get this idea that we leave this dullness of the world and we enter into this place of beauty and color and it fills us with life. You know, and it almost kind of reminds me of like a church, you know, we leave this dull world and we go into this place where heaven and earth meet. Right. And we see like these, these churches are beautiful. If you see these churches in, in Europe, they're just massive and colorful. And it literally is a place where we can just see the beauty of, of God represented on earth. And there's so much beauty in that. Or at least our pale attempt at it, right? Right. Our, yeah. Our, yes. Yeah. So we see this and then we leave and we're full of joy in life. And that's not just from the recollection of the beauty, but that's also from the body of Christ itself. And there's this song in the movie that's called Come Alive. And I think this is a perfect representation of what I'm trying to say here because I'll go through some of the lyrics here. But it starts out saying, you stumble through your days, got your head hung low, your skies are a shade of gray, like a zombie in a maze, because you're just a dead man walking. And then in the chorus, it goes on to say, come alive, come alive, go and ride your light, let it burn so bright, reach it up to the sky, and it's open wide, you're electrified. You know, and so it's kind of like we're going from this dull world where we we feel like we're worthless, like we feel like we're nothing, and he, Hugh Jackman's character is singing this to all of, I guess, what society would call freaks. But what he was trying to do is bring them into his show, not to embarrass them, but to give them a place in the world where they could just be themselves. You know, and he's trying to encourage them. And I think he's also trying to encourage us to leave behind that darkness and embrace this light, embrace this life, which is Christ. Right. And, and I think, I mean, speaking explicitly Christian themes, you know, like Christ wants to give us life and life abundantly, right? And the saints, I mean, if you want to look at somebody who's truly alive, the saints are always those who are, who are, are truly alive. You know, they're so full of life and so full of life and so full of color. I remember listening to a Matt Frad talk one time. Yeah. And he was he was sort of pointing this out where he was saying, you know, have you ever noticed like the saints are like super colorful people. They have very colorful and very diverse personalities, you know, and, and then you like see like, in contrast to like great sinners and they all sort of kind of can blend together because they all sort of conform to the same sort of personality yeah. mold, you know and and it's truly the saints those who have christ that are fully alive that have this brightness and not just this humdrum gray that they walk through life with right that's exactly exactly the point i think that i'm kind of seeing in the movie too mm-hmm. and so going off this we got to see that burnham's circus is more than just a show it's a celebration of life in all of its forms. It's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of beauty. And it's a celebration of, of God, in a way. And kind of later on in the movie, we have this same, this same critic. He comes back. And it's kind of a point in the movie where Barnum is kind of just in the dumps. You know, stuff's not going right for him. I'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't seen it. But he's kind of in a place where he's... He's feeling really low. And this critic comes up who's been kind of mocking him throughout the entire movie, giving him bad reviews, stuff like that. And he sits down next to him and he says, you know, putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, sizes, presenting them as equals, 
Another critic might have even called it a celebration of humanity. And I think that's exactly the point that we're trying to get across here. It's it's that, that life, that color, and that bringing people up rather than pushing them down. And that's where we, we recognize the celebration of humanity. We see that these people offer something that's that's great to the world. I have a quick question. I haven't seen the movie, but has the does that critic ever like eventually come around? Is that a thing? That's kind of his come around moment. Okay. Right. Because there. I, I kind of like saw it as like his, his coming around moment. And, and it sort of, to me, seems like what happens when people like authentically live the faith and like they're showing and they're building each other up and they're showing this love. And like, that's sort of how people like eventually come around and redeem, like, because they're so faced with the beauty of the truth and of love. They see like when Christians are, when we're living our Christian faith, that like, you have to be like, well, like you have, like you, when you're faced with that, I mean, that's sort of like in terms of the conversion of souls, you know, you see that in the early church with martyrs that were so full of love and life and helping each other, even in their death and like their despair that like people were like, oh my gosh, like they know something I don't. And you know, like it's hard to ignore the truth in that when you see it. And so I just, when I, when I like saw this quote, I had no idea, again, what the movie was about or, like, at this point, but it seemed like his turnaround moment, and it seemed like his seeing all of the the joy that was being sort of perpetuated in the circus, like, he was kind of seeing those Christian themes, and, like, even he had to admit, all right, there's something more here than than what I initially took it as. Yeah, and I think that's exactly the case, because you see throughout the movie, he's he's not, I don't, I don't want to say he's, like, completely mean, but he's a critic, you know. Critics yeah. are always kind of portrayed as kind of the bad guys. But this is this is the <laughs> everyone's po- a critic, right? Right, exactly. This is the point where he he's kind of he's kind of being witty, but at the same time saying, you know what? If I hadn't already said all those bad things about you, and if I was just encountering you right here, right now, knowing all that I know about you now, I would see see what you do as a celebration of humanity rather than what I've been portraying it as this whole time so it's it's kind of his way of kind of saying that he understands and he he supports him now so it, it's a really cool moment but going off of that so going off of this idea that it's a celebration of humanity finding worth in people who were discarded by society is a huge theme throughout this movie and so there's this character jenny lind she's this opera singer from europe and she's extremely popular and well-known but after P.T. Barnum brings her to the U.S. and she does her first show, they're kind of discussing and she admits to him and she says, I sometimes feel like I don't belong here. I was born outside of wedlock and that brought shame upon my family. And so she's admitting that even she, this this celebrity, has at times in her life been kind of shunned and at times kind of put down mm-hmm. by society. And then we have this character of Letty Lutz, who is the bearded lady with the the awesome voice. And she says something that's extremely powerful. she says, the world is ashamed of us. Our own mothers were ashamed of us, but you put us in the spotlight. You gave us a real family. And that's exactly what's happening here. So PT Barnum, at first it seems like he's kind of just finding these people who he could exploit, these people that he could take advantage of maybe for a really cheap cost but we see that that's not the case Mm. he he takes these people who were shoved under by society and he actually brings them to a place where they can show their talents and not be 
right. mocked the whole time. And, and honestly, I think that seems very Christ-like to go out and find those who are discarded by society and lifting them up. Like when Christ came and did his ministry, he wasn't going to the top dogs. He wasn't going to King Herod. He wasn't going to the Pharisees. He was going to the Samaritan woman who had had six lovers. You know, right. he was going to the blind and the lame and the lepers, the ones who were outcast, the tax collectors, you know, those who were outcasted by society. And he was raising them up, you know, and he was, he was building them up and he was giving them a place in the kingdom. Um, and he was giving them a family. Right? Yeah. like a very uh, a spiritual family that we find at the church so yeah it's very cool <laughs> yeah and and kind of if you don't see that transition of of barnum where where he's doing this he even has a line in the movie where he says everyone is special and nobody is like anyone else that's the point of my show he literally says that himself and and that's kind of the point that we're trying to get across here too that is so christ-like like you said mm-hmm. steve so there's also this song, Letty Lutz is actually the main singer of this, but it's it's the song, This Is Me. So if you were watching the awards the other night, this song actually won the original song of the year or something like that. So it, it won some award, but it's a really, really good song, really powerful. So I'll go through a few of the lyrics here just to kind of get you guys an idea of it. It says, hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. But I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. I'm brave. I'm bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. I'm not scared to be seen, and I make no apologies. This is me. And I know that I deserve your love. There's nothing that I'm unworthy of. And I think that's that's so beautiful. Again, we, we have this idea of going from this broken beaten down person whose society is kind of discarded to realizing that there's a place for us. And and we can talk about that in a little bit, but I love what's followed right after that. For we are glorious, right? Mm. As daughters and sons of God, we are, we're baptized into glory, you know? Right. And, and this last part, I just absolutely love it. And I know that I deserve your love. There's nothing that I'm not worthy of, you know, this, this idea that, we, as sons and daughters of God, are worthy of so much more than, than society is often treating us as. Right, and uh, just listening to that first little bit of the song, it reminds me of something that Christopher West once said, where he was talking about the nature of saints, right? And that saints aren't people who have, always have everything right, you know, that are like, like have no, you know, don't have any sin or any brokenness. Uh, but they're people who like remove their mask and like stop pretending to be somebody they're not. And they open up that brokenness to God and let him in. And, the, you know, the stories of the saints are the stories of the broken made redeemed, right? And that, yeah, obviously we shouldn't just remain in our brokenness. But, but to a certain extent, like, we, we can open that up to God and, like, he'll restore us. And, like, he brings us new life and he, like, uses us, you know, like, the, the God never throughout. He never, like, picked the one guy who had it all right <laughs> to do his will. You know, he always, like, picked that person that he would help fix and then like restored and then sent out right and, and it might sound cheesy but we're all beautifully unique and we're all created that way by god right the church teaches that we should celebrate our uniqueness as it helps us understand our role within the body of christ now i'm not saying that i support the you do you culture or whatever you want to call it nowadays or many of the things that we have kind of come to accept as people simply just discovering who they are but it's they're kind of using it as an excuse 
or something different. What I'm saying is that God created you with certain gifts and talents. He put people into your life and gave you situations that brought you to where you are today for a reason. And it's our job to figure out what he is calling us to do and to use those gifts as best as we can to do that. And I think that's something that's, that's really, really beautiful. So kind of taking a leap there to a completely different topic, though. There's this song that Jenny Lind, the opera singer, sings, and it just blew my mind. It's, it's kind of this love song, but as I, I listened to the lyrics, it just made me feel like it was almost a worship song being sung to God. So I'll, I'll read kind of the first part here, but it's, I'm trying to hold my breath. Let it stay this way. Can't let this moment end. You set off a dream with me. Getting louder now. Can you hear it echoing? Take my hand. Will you share this with me? Because darling, without you, all the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough. Never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. Never be enough. And so it's just this idea that whoever she's singing to and for us as Christians, God, you know, we, we sing this to God. We could have, as she says, a thousand spotlights on us. We could be the biggest celebrity. We could have the stars themselves. We could have towers made of gold and we could hold the whole world in our hands, but it'll never be enough. Kind of reminds me of St. Paul's writings of like, you can do all these things, but without love. They're sort of meaningless, right? That like, obviously like this is, you know, you could, you could read God in that, but like, you know, God is love and that, like without like love yeah. is really like without love, it, it'll never really be enough. But like you could literally have nothing, but if you have love, you have everything you need. Right. Right. And I think that there's something beautiful in that. And like you said, God is love. That's yeah. what we believe as Christians. So I think it's really easy to see that song as almost a love song to God. If yeah. But you could, you could see the, uh. Yeah, I mean, but you could read um, the Song of Songs, which is probably the greatest love song ever written, <laughs> and that's all about God. There you go. So, I um, mean, it, but it's him singing to right. us, but, yeah, you know. So, kind of going back to, to P.T. Barnum a little bit, he doesn't really find joy in the wealth or the popularity that he gains in fact, the only time you see him really truly unhappy in the movie is when he thought he had it all and then he lost it. There is one point in the movie kind of early on, though, where he's still really poor and he loses his job that he had that was kind of just supporting his family just to get by. And he comes home to his wife and he tells her and he's, he's really upset, but she doesn't seem to really be bothered by it. And he says, this isn't the life that I promised you. And his wife, Charity, says... I have everything that I want. And then Barnum replies, but what about the magic? Because this whole time in the movie up to this point, he had been promised this, this life full of adventure and magic and dreams and, and, and beauty. And her, her response is, and what do you call those two girls? And she kind of points over to their two daughters that are playing mm. on, on the rooftop in the stars. Mm. This, this idea that they are the greatest treasure right now for them. You know, this it's is like a their real their spirit gift. of gratitude. You know? Yeah. She, she is extremely grateful throughout the entire movie. And honestly, it's no wonder that her name is charity because throughout <laughs> the movie, 
she consistently shows what it means to be truly loving as a wife, as a mother. She's completely trusting and encouraging of the hopes and dreams of her children and her husband, no matter what it costs her. And we kind of see that throughout the movie. She, she loses a lot as this goes on. And there's a lot of pain that she has caused. And she even finds joy in the simplest moments with them, you know, like, like this situation here, but there's everything throughout the movie. It just shows her, her trust, her joy, her gratitude. Right. And I think that's a really, really beautiful testament to what it means to be loving, to be this person who kind of shoves away this idea that wealth and popularity are going to bring, bring us joy. And she is kind of the root of that, that keeps him on the path like this is what you were striving for. This simplicity, this life not tied down by wealth, but free to just love and bring joy to people. And if you want to talk about like magic, right? Like magic and like, as in like supernatural, mm-hmm. you know, God, if God is love, right? Then like our participation in that love, like our love for one another, our participation in like, in like that agape love that is God, like in itself is supernatural and magical. You know, the very fact that we can even experience that, like that experience of God, that experience with the divine that you find in love, you know? And I think, you know, cause we all experience love in our lives. We sometimes miss out on what a miracle and what a supernatural event just love is at its very nature. Yeah. And then kind of the last point I want to, want to bring to you guys here is actually from the song that's it, it's almost the the anthem of of the movie it's the greatest show and throughout the movie this song is kind of the, the song that they sing to to introduce the circus and introduce the show this is the greatest show you will ever see and there's a line in it where it says whatever you want whatever you need it's right here in front of you and throughout the movie they kind of portray it as the circus is what's right here in front of you. This is what is going to be whatever you want, whatever you need. But then as the movie goes on, we see that in the very last scene, I think it might even be the last words of the movie, P.T. Barnum and Charity, his wife, they have kind of started to move away from the circus. They've, they've handed it on to kind of the next generation and he's begun to realize that he needs to spend more time with his family. And so he goes to his daughter's ballet show and both daughters are in the show and he and his wife are in the, the audience. And then he begins to sing this one last line, whatever you want, whatever you need is right here in front of you. And he's talking about this time with his family, this, this appreciation of of the beauty of his children. The like celebration of life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is with Hugh Jackman and always like the reprising song. You know, I think of like his role in Les Mis and to love another person. Is he like always like to love another person is to see the face of God. It's just like, I don't know. Hugh Jackman always like has these great things He's so in good. movies. Like I just, he always has these great, I don't know. I mean, I know it's the director and the writers that put this all together, but you know, they always seem to put him in the perfect place. Right. And I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but but I like imagine, you know, like, it always seems like he's, he's always like, participating in something that hits the mark yeah well yeah. apparently he was one of the big motivators for getting this started it was like, really it's like a seven-year process of trying to get this movie going yeah. well i know that he actually like one of the funny things with like him playing uh in 
Les Mis. I'm pretty sure he played in Les Mis on Broadway or something like that. Um, he definitely, I mean, he definitely, he was a Broadway star. Yeah. I mean, he definitely played Gaston. I know that for sure. He's so, oh. I know that because when I played Gaston in a musical, I was like checking out Hugh Jackman. I was like, how does Hugh do it? There you go. <laughs> but, well, that's learn from the best. So, but yeah, so kind of the point we're trying to get across here is if you want to find this, this true happiness, if you want to find this lasting joy, you don't need to see the world. You don't need to have money. All you need to do is open your eyes to what God has put right in front of you. God gives us everything we need to be happy and full of joy and then some. You have family. Treasure them. You have friends. Share moments with them that will bring joy. You have a home and belongings. Appreciate them, but don't let them dictate your life. We have our lives, the beautiful and mysterious world that we live in, and countless mysteries throughout the universe that we can never even hope to understand. Treasure it all. Take it in, revel in its beauty, let it humble you and bring you joy. If we just open our eyes, slow down, and smell the roses, we'll begin to notice that everything you need is right in front of you. Not long after seeing this movie, I actually went to Mass. And these songs have literally been stuck in my head ever since I got back. I have all the soundtracks now and I've listened to them nonstop. And so I was at mass and during the consecration, these lyrics right here, the whatever you want, whatever you need is right in front of you. They came to my mind. And I looked up to see the priest holding Jesus at the altar. God shows himself to us constantly throughout every day in everyone and everything that we encounter. We just need to be open and notice where he is. Because just like it says, whatever you want, whatever you need, it's right here in front of you. Mm. And that's kind of the point that we want to get across. So my challenge to you this week, it's kind of a two-part challenge. So the first part is to open your eyes to that. Look around you and recognize the simplicity of life and, and be grateful for that. And, and just recognize that everything that you ever wanted everything that you actually need, it can be found already right in front of you. You just need to be open to looking for that. And the other part is actually a quote from the end of the movie before the credits start rolling. So there's a quote from the real P.T. Barnum where it says, the noblest art is that of making others happy. So the second part is to bring joy to people this week. Putting a smile on someone's face can literally change their day it can save lives yeah. so just my challenge to you is to go out of your way this week to make someone joyful yeah and to be honest with you guys like that's not even something that you know you really have to do much like sometimes just a smile and like giving a smile to a stranger can really brighten somebody's mood you know and and can save a life yeah so to speak like you know it, it can be something simple but yeah just to to act out in charity to another to to try to bring joy and not just like cheap thrill or happiness to like you know help them really like real enjoy joy. yeah like real joy real lifting them up i like that you mentioned that actually everyone who knows me knows that i don't have like a, a happy face all the time i have like a resting angry face I like to call it so when i'm walking in public and, and i, I kind of see people i realize that my face is kind of just like angry looking so i try to smile at people and, and just and then he overcompensates and it just looks like he's growling at them it's really weird Okay, I'm well, just kidding. Well, that That's not true. Actually, would, would explain this next part. But so my point is, I try to smile at people to to just be friendly and try and bring joy to them, kind of like we're talking about now. Yeah. 
And a lot of the times people kind of just shrug it off or, or kind of ignore me, but it like makes my day when someone smiles back. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. You just have to move your face muscles up, but it changes like my entire mood for the day. It costs, it actually takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. Exactly. There are, there are more muscles uh, that activate for a frown than, than do a smile. I was just kidding. When you smile, it's not an awkward, okay, weird thing. Good. That you, you, be... you have a nice smile, Clint. Thank you. I appreciate that. But we're going to give a couple shout outs this week. Yeah. So I have a couple shout outs to the people who I went to The Greatest Showman with. So Cody and Drew Labe, thanks for taking me. And then also Tori and Paula, thanks for joining us there too. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing that movie again because... This is a really good movie, guys. I realized that we are like the shout-out show all of a sudden. Oh, we have so many shout-outs. <laughs> like we shout-out all the time. So if you actually you know, email us with ideas and things that you're reading, watching, and or listening to, or just straight-up ideas of things we can do podcasts on, we will shout you out. You can be like one of these great people who get their names broadcasted on air to... People uh, all over the world. Yeah, all over the world. Literally. We're in like how many countries now? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight countries. Eight different countries. That's, that's and increasing every week. So yeah. get excited. So yeah, because it was like six a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're bumping up. Uh, we're moving up in the world. One day, you know, we'll be like 120 countries. You know, like, you always uh, talk about Matt Frad. He actually just released an episode this week. They got over 10,000 downloads in a single day. Yeah. And it was in, in like, like 120 countries. 120. Yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. It yeah. Was ridiculous. That's what I was referring to when I said 120. Because like, wow. I, I like saw that post on, on social media and I was like, well, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're we are in enough. every, there are listeners in every single state except for Hawaii and Alaska. So if you guys know anyone in Hawaii and Alaska, let them know about our podcast. That's an estimate. We, we think we have all of them. Just about. I mean, we kind of looked. Yeah. We didn't really look very. <laughs> we're we're pretty depth, sure we have almost all of them except for Hawaii yeah. and Alaska. So, you know, regardless, uh, tell all your friends. We hope you guys are enjoying. Thank you guys for joining us on another adventure. My last shout out is a bringing it full circle from the beginning of this podcast. Again, guys, please pray for my friends, Catherine and Tanner they are moving forward in their marriage uh, since they just got married like i said um so please pray for them uh please pray for their marriage because they're super awesome super holy people they're really they're really just inspiring to me and my faith and especially like when i see them together i'm like wow that's kind of what i would like to be like if i get married one day like that's what I'm called to. Like, that's the kind of marriage I want to have. So they're great people. I don't even know if they listen to the podcast. I think I've told it to them before. If they do, they'll get to hear my praises. If not, you guys get to hear my praises. Thanks, guys, for listening to the show this week. And thanks for joining us on the adventure. <laughs>